Thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's episode, we chat with friend of the program and just awesome person in general, Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com. But before we get to him, well, yeah, we got a game tonight and we got to break it down as Wisconsin visits Breslin Center to take on our Spartans. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan family, how on earth are we doing on this beautiful Tuesday, February 8th, also known as game day today. That's right, Michigan State, Wisconsin, top 20 matchup, 7 p.m. on Big Ten Network. Oddly enough, that is where the top 20 showdown will be, but hey, you know what? Be like that sometimes, and uh, that's not going to stop us from watching or uh, losing our minds over this game tonight. Uh, But uh, of course, before we get to that, uh, we're going to preview the game. Here in the first segment, and then we talk with Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com. If you've listened to this podcast before, you've probably heard the dulcet tones, the the soothing voice of my man, Dave Klein. So yes, cannot wait for that chat too. But before we get to either of those, just need to ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Yes, you guessed it. This is the Locked on Spartans podcast, and we do this five days a week here in the Locked on Podcast Network. Item number two. Hey, if you ever want to reach out, hit me up at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. All right, so let's just dive headfirst into the game tonight. Like I said, 7 p.m., Badgers, Spartans, always a good matchup when uh, these two teams meet up, for better or for worse, for Michigan State. So, uh, Wisconsin, this is a team we've played this year. Yep, Uh, another squad that we will be meeting for the second time this season. And ever since Wisconsin has gotten, well, I think walloped is a correct word. Ever since they got walloped by our Spartans not too long ago, they have been 3-1 and one since. Uh, that puts them at a smooth 9-3 and three in conference play. Very good season for Wisconsin so far. Those, uh, those wins were against Nebraska, Minnesota, and uh, that barn burner 51-49 win against Penn State. Yes, that was their last game, uh, where the score was a, a, a nice 18-13 at halftime. That's right, only two first downs for Penn State that whole first half, and uh, just five for Wisconsin that half as well. Their only loss ever since Michigan State beat them was on the road to Illinois. Yeah, uh, yeah, Michigan State's not the only one doing that these days. So, we know a lot about Wisconsin. We've seen them play. Uh, they're kind of the same as they were when we first met them. Uh, top 40 in both adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. Uh, they have the best turnover percentage in the nation on offense. Yes, they, unlike our Spartans, they like to hold on to the ball. They take care of the ball. They caress the ball. They care for it. They nurture it. Michigan State, they just boot the ball all over the gym, as we know. And that's actually something that Tom Izzo uh, talked about today at his weekly press conference with the media. Uh, this tweet right here from Kyle B. Austin of MLive. He uh, writes it so eloquently, so we're just going to read verbatim his tweet from Kyle B. Austin. Go give him a follow. Great work he does. Uh, one thing Tom Izzo keeps harping on is MSU's number of shots per game and its shot disparity. MSU is taking 54 shots in Big Ten play, the fewest in the league. 
Its opponents are taking 6.1 more shots per game, the largest disparity in the league. Okay, so you have our Spartans who uh, tend to just kind of kick the ball around all willy-nilly wherever they please. And then you got Wisconsin who really doesn't like to do that. And even last game when the Spartans and Badgers met in Madison, yeah, Wisconsin pretty much hit that number on the head. They took six more shots in Michigan State in that game. However, it helps when Michigan State shoots above 50% like they did. But yeah, that's definitely going to be a storyline heading into, well, yeah, this game and every other game. It's just it's super highlighted when Wisconsin does it really, really, really well. Best in the country, rather. So, you know, like I said, we, we know... Oh, I'm sorry, there's, there's one more thing that I want to bring up here. Um... They have one of the best free throw defenses in the nation. Now, does that stat actually mean anything? Not really. It's not like you could throw Tyler Wall in front of these guys or, uh, you know, just block a shot on a free throw or go in the lane. But, yeah, Wisconsin has been one of the luckiest teams in the nation when it comes to their opponents shooting free throws. Their opponents are shooting at a smooth 65%. So, yeah, they're, they're winning the free throw luck lottery so far this season. Other than that, okay, they're okay at rebounding. Uh, MSU absolutely blitzed them last game on the boards. Could change today. We'll get to that guy in a hot second who might change that a little bit. And Wisconsin as a whole, not that great at three-point shooting. So, yeah, they they do a a lot of things decently. Nothing really great except holding on to that ball. And you add up to some of those parts, and, well, you got a pretty, pretty good Wisconsin team coming to Breslin Center. So, like we're saying, not, not a lot has changed. But there's something that has changed with with Wisconsin, and of course that would be six foot nine junior Tyler Wall, uh, most likely playing today. He has played the last few games for Wisconsin since missing the initial showdown against Michigan State, and this changes the dynamic a little bit because Tyler Wall, solid player. Now, when he missed the Michigan State game and MSU beat Wisconsin pretty handedly, the haters, the the, the naysayers of Michigan State would have you believe that. Tyler Wall was the modern-day Tyler Hansborough of college basketball, and that's the only reason Michigan State won that game on the road. Like, Okay, he, he's good. He's, he's pretty good. I'm not going to lie, but no. Is it the reason that MSU won by, what was it, 12 not too long? Yeah, 12 not too long ago? No, not at all. But here's what he does. He's going to change this game a little bit because, yeah, six foot nine junior, but oh boy, is this guy fluid with the basketball. He is very comfortable at dribbling for a guy his size. If you want to just look at one clip to exemplify that, well, how about his game-winning layup last game against Penn State where he starts beyond the three-point arc and just, oh my goodness, carves right through the lane and scoop, puts it right into the hoop. So yeah, pretty solid player, stretches the floor out, and that will be interesting how they defend some other players at Wisconsin. But before we get to that... um. Strong finisher at the rim, just like I said. Not a three-point shooter at all. I think he's shooting somewhere around 10 or 11% so far this season. And a decent free-throw shooter, though. He's shooting it at 70%, whereas last year he shot around 60%. So that's been a pretty big uptick for him as well. Also, solid rebounder, like I said. Uh, and, yeah, he averages about 11 points per game. Now, since he stretches the floor out, that's going to change how Michigan State defends Johnny Davis, I would assume. Last game, or last time, Michigan State took on Wisconsin. Johnny Davis, who, yeah, was a uh, candidate for Conference Player of the Year. Still is, but maybe a little less so. He's coming off two shaky games. Uh, He only put up four points against Penn State the other day on 13 shots. And then the Illinois game, 
yes, he had 22 points, but he took 19 shots to get there. That's kind of like when he played Michigan State that first time around. He had 25 points, but boy, did it take him a while to get there. It took him 20 shots to get there. And Michigan State's defense on Johnny Davis was marvelous that game. Marvelous that game. They met him with Hogard. They gave him a little bit of Max Christie. They gave him a little Gabe Brown. They really threw the whole kitchen sink at him. And they were able to because maybe Tyler Wall was not on the court eating up some of that space. So you might have Brown on Tyler Wall, Malik Hall on Tyler Wall. You might have Bing on Tyler Wall. I, I think it'll be two separate kitchen sinks are going to try to break off and give some to Tyler Wall, some to Johnny Davis. And of course, you cannot ignore the third guy. And you all know where I'm going to go next. Brad Davison. That's right, Brad Davison. He is the third head of Wisconsin's three-headed monster here, and uh, he, he is who he is. He's been the same player pretty much his whole career, for better or for worse. But let's break it down at how he's played at Breslin Center. Uh, he's been on the team for, this is his fifth year now, but he's only played three, t- three times at Breslin Center. Uh, he's shooting 32% from the field. In his career, he's shooting one of 14 from three point land for a smooth 7% behind the arc. And he's averaging 8.6 points per game, four assists, and one turnover. So, pretty good at taking care of the ball at Breslin Center. And if you want to go back and make that three point stat a little more fun, uh, he's 0 for 10 in Breslin Center when fans are in the stands. Yes, his one three pointer came last season uh, when my cardboard cutout face was in the crowd, and probably yours too if you're one of the many, many people that uh, chipped in to get your cardboard cutout there. Yes, yeah, so in front of a hostile Breslin atmosphere, uh, Brad Davison, 0 for 10 from three. We're going to. Just knock on wood here uh, really quick. And yeah, so when he goes 5 for 7 from behind the arc tonight, uh, it's not necessarily completely my fault. I did knock on wood there. Uh, Before getting to our chat with Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com, of course, hey, I'd love to end previews with this little note here. Bart Torvik, he has this slated as a Michigan State 72, Wisconsin 69 victory for your MSU Spartans, baby. Uh, So giving us a 64% chance at victory. So buckle up for that one. Should be a great game. Uh, usually is between Spartans and Badgers. So, whew, okay. Okay, let's get it popping. Uh, and, well, yeah, we're going to get a conversation popping with uh, our guy Dave Klein in a little bit. But first, need to talk to you beautiful people about betonline.net. Woo! BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game coming up this Sunday. Oh, yeah. BetOnline.net remains your best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline also has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season at BetOnline, where the game starts. Before diving into our chat with Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com, it's Super Week brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than with the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in LA all week covering the big game, so go check them out. A gentleman, an icon, a scholar, a tall drink of water, any way you slice it, that is who this man is. He is Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com. Dave, let's just cut to the chase here and get to what everyone uh, is thinking about. How did your rec league game go tonight? Uh, did we get a double-double? Did we cover the spread? How, how'd you do it tonight, my man? Yeah, the game the game went well. It was a dub, like a okay. 30-point dub, so no doubter. Playing out in the United Wholesale Mortgage League is like a social stain play out there. So, you know, some Let's rubber go. courts, 
some some waning athleticism. That's what we got going on out there. <laughs> lovely, lovely. And I just got to get your vibe check for, for the game right now. Michigan State, Wisconsin. It went really well last time these two teams met. But, yeah, you're adding a, a Tyler Wall into the situation. Michigan State coming off a rocky game. But that's not anything new for Michigan State when they play Wisconsin. So I, I'll stop rambling. Take it from here. I, I know it's a broad question, but how, how you feeling for the game, man? Yeah, I don't know what to make of this team, man. We've just gone so back and forth with this group. And, you know, I've thought in some spots the ceiling can be very high for this team. And then you see kind of when the bottom falls out, what that looks like and happens against a Rutgers team who is just awful offensively. Just seriously, coming into that game, just horrendous. I think they were in like the 280s out of 358 teams. So like kind of the bottom third of offensive teams absolutely light us up um you know the rack has some special magic to it I mean we saw it uh, Purdue went in there and lost this year you know they've had some big wins during the course of the season but they've also lost to teams like you know DePaul and some other just terrible teams they had a stretch in November where they just lost to a, a bunch of awful teams so this has just kind of been the season for Michigan State I don't honestly have a pulse on this team um it's really tough to say because there's pieces that fire, you know, maybe one, two out of the four or five main pieces that fire at, at one time. And it's like, oh, okay, so we're going to get a Gabe Brown game or a Malik Hall game. Like, when are we going to see yeah. a game where three or four of the main pieces are all just firing at the same time? I mean, we saw a little bit in splits, obviously on the road against Butler, against a really bad Butler team. You know, you saw kind of the wing play at its high level. But we just we've seen so very few games where everybody has played pretty collectively well. I mean, maybe at Wisconsin was the last one, really, at the Cole Center. So yeah. I don't. I'm always equally baffled. Um, you know, this is maybe this is just what this team is—a good team, but not a great team this year. They don't quite have that go-to score guy. At, at times, it's been maybe a blessing because there's been guys who've risen up and kind of have hold the you know load when they needed to but what happens when everybody just doesn't play well and that's kind of what we saw outside of Gabe Brown and I thought Marcus Brigham last game basically nobody else showed up and I don't know it was that was ugly I was on vacation in Florida and luckily I had a couple of drinks to me but it was just it was a pretty depressing <laughs> game all around to watch so Dude, I, I pretty much hit on everything that you said on, on yesterday's show. It's like, what up and down team? Like, you, okay, Gabe and Malik, they both have great games. Never at the same time, it seems like. I mean, you go back to that last Wisconsin game. The whole team as a whole played great, but that was the game where Gabe had, what, just four points? You also have Max Christie, awesome player. He's sensational. Some nights. And then other nights, he's like way down. It's like, oh, oh this isn't good. And then your point guards, it's either they have a really good game or they're on Mars the entire game. So, yeah, and this is also what I talked about on yesterday's show that I want to pick your brain about. But for the rest of the season, I'm not really looking at this as the lens of like, okay, this team can still win a Big Ten title. I think that's for the Purdue's and the Illinois right now. Maybe the Wisconsin's we'll see tonight. Do you still have hope that Michigan State can win a Big Ten title, or is that ship kind of sailing for you mentally? I think that this is a big week for it. Um, losing yeah. at, at home against Northwestern and then getting like kind of just slammed by Rutgers doesn't really give you the warm and fuzzies about it. The back <laughs> sure. end of the schedule <laughs> is extremely tough. Um, you have Wisconsin at home, you have Indiana at home, then you go on the road to PSU. 
go two and one during this stretch, I'll feel pretty good. Go three and zero, oh, and I'll say they still have a shot. But the way that they've played, I think Illinois and Purdue have created some separation at the top. I think you're right; those are the clear, you know, cut two top teams. And the second tier is Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, maybe Indiana, who's a little bit bipolar too. Sometimes they show up, mostly it's at home. I know you have that big win at home against Purdue, but they've lost a couple stinkers on the road. So I think maybe that this team is just, as we kind of said, maybe they're just a second tier team, a team that's very capable when they play their best basketball of beating maybe anyone outside the top seven or eight teams in the entire country. But we've seen this team play its best basketball a handful of times, two or three times this entire season. So it's really difficult for me to be able to say what exactly this team is. And I'm not even sure if the staff quite quite knows, right? Because there's just been so much inconsistency as a team. And I would say individually, too, I I don't know if I've ever seen such a spike in the amount of play between game to game for for every individual player that's basically on the roster in the main part of the rotation. You just have zero idea what you're going to get out of every guy on every night. And I think that's got to be probably pretty frustrating from the staff. Uh, But also they got to take some blame for it because – how do you motivate, you know, the guys to be able to just collectively play better on a night in night basis? Yeah. I mean, that's something that I talked about on last week's show, uh, locked on big 10. I do it with Nate Dickinson. And that's one thing you said, it's like, Hey, do you like where Michigan state's at right now? And I said, you know what I do, which is why you should bet all your money on Rutgers. Because like, once you think this team has had it figured out, like, okay, they'll just throw up a, a complete stinker. So now we transition to this Wisconsin game. Like, are, are you expecting a win tonight. I know this is kind of a different question than like the first one of just asking for your feelings on tonight's yeah. game. Like, because listen, Bart yeah. Torvik has Michigan State favored by three, but the computers lied against Rutgers. But so, or is it even worth like talking about? Can you expect to win just because of how up and down and insane that this team can be? Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Um, do I expect a win? No, and that's the sad thing, right? I, I should. It's gotcha. at home. Okay, wow. It's a team that you won by right. double digits on the road. I know that Tyler Wall was gone, but I, I think that this mm-hmm. is a very beatable Wisconsin team. If you shut down Johnny Davis, I think you know you have a good shot to do so. But I, I don't know. I, I don't think you can expect to know exactly what team's going to show up. And I think that's maybe the frustrating point at this point in the season where the, cl- the calendar's turned to February. Like over the next two weeks, I need to see this team start stringing together consistent play, or it's just going to be a situation where maybe they finish 12 and eight in the league. You know, you're slightly above 500. Maybe you finish fourth, fifth somewhere. I think that the winner of the league this year is probably going to have five or six losses. So you'll be a couple mm-hmm. off from that. Um, but is is that a good season? I think coming into the season, we would have said if, the, if they end up finishing top four, it would have been happy. But your expectations changed during the course of it. They teased us a little bit in the Bahamas where we saw a pretty high-level play. We've seen in spurts, you know, like I said, at the Cole Center. Home against Michigan, they played as well as they have. And I know Michigan's not a very good team. But that team was humming on all cylinders, firing on all cylinders, particularly Mm -hmm. offensively. So can we just get some more consistent play over the next two weeks? I'd feel better about where this team is. But I guess the one caveat to all this is if you look across the country outside of maybe top seven or eight teams, there's teams that are just going up and down, up and down. I mean, it's across the board. I think the parity is very good this year, particularly because there's a ton of fifth-year guys who have returned. So you're seeing teams that are kind of buoyed by some extra veteran depth, and I think that that has come into play for some of these teams. So 
I don't know. I don't know what this team is yet. And it's unfortunate to say, I wish we had a better idea coming into, you know, kind of this last full month of the season, but we'll, uh, we'll learn quite a bit about the team. I think this next week, if they take care of business at home, they go on the road at PSU to find a way to win. They start three and zero on this little stretch. Uh, I'm going to be feeling much better about where they're heading uh, drop one or even two of these games. And I think it's, a little bit of the yellow panic button. You're going to see them go from maybe that like four seed line dipping into, you know, six seed line. Yeah. I think that's where it starts getting hairy. You want to stay really on those top four or five seed lines to avoid really tough matchups early on and give yourself the shot to make a sweet 16. That was my expectation coming to the season. This team should finish top four in the conference, top five in the conference, and they should be a sweet 16 type team. And then you go from there. Uh, so I'm hoping they still can achieve that. If they don't, to me, it's a disappointment. But I don't, I don't know what to make of this team, my friend. I usually would have some know, better man. advice for everybody out there listening, but I'm as baffled as everyone else is about where this has been going. So, Be right back with our guy Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com. But first, just have to talk to you fine folks about Rock Auto. That's right, guys. Rock Auto, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, oh, does your Ford F-150 need a Blugelflarber? I, I got no idea. And, and you're just sitting around waiting for the person behind the counter to order the parts on their computer, choosing, well, only the brands that their warehouse happens to carry. Oh, <laughs> how convenient. Well, you have a computer and you have access to rockauto.com, so hey, just do it yourself. Come on, why, why would you choose? To spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same part from a chain store or car dealership, well, I, I guess you could do it if you were a giant clown. That's right. Here. Here. They have everything you need. They got brakes, brake parts. They got tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, and gas pedals. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. Hey, how'd you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. I was asked a question on Locked on Big Ten that I really want to bounce off you because it, it almost got me. Like I was like, oh my God, I don't even know what my answer is at the top of my head. But point blank, he asked me, you get one reasonable wish the rest of the season. What are you going to use it on? For example, I use mine on just like, give me some consistent point guard play. I'm not asking for like Cassius Winston numbers. You know, I'm going to get 19 points a night, eight assists. Like, Fine, just give me like a, a someone that can just deliver me a smooth nine points, five assists, six, six assists per night, and I'll be happy because I think the point guard position is way too volatile to uh, even wrap my head around. So that that's mine. I don't know if you have a better one or a one that yeah. is way different than that. Is so. it something that that has to you think is capable of happening? Because like for me, it would be like mm-hmm. Marcus being up plays twenty five minutes per night, and I think that's fine. That, that's you fine. know what I mean. Uh, you play 25 answer. minutes yeah. tonight. I think the defense would be automatically better for this team. I think that even when he fluctuates a little bit in some of his effort, and I know conditions an issue. We've said it, whatever. But if he plays 25 minutes per game a night, this team's much better on that end. I don't know if that's going to happen. Is the issue right? Like he's right. going to be hovering around that 20, 21, 18 some nights and. The inconsistency, I think that you're right in a lot of degree that if there was just a little bit more stability at the point guard position, I think that everybody else would probably be a little bit more stable. Um, I guess my second pick would be if Max Christie could just find a way to score in double digits every night, I think Michigan State's offense would be a lot better. 
Um, he just goes through spurts, and I think some of that's been an adjustment to just some of the speed and physicality of this level. Like, I think he's getting to his spots. He's just not really being able to get all the way to the rim and score like he's used to. I think that he just needs another offseason myself, and I personally think he should come back um, just the way that he's been able to do it. But defensively, they've asked so much of him lately. Yeah. And I think that asking him to guard the opposing team's best guard or wing player, which they've done in Spurs, they did when we when, went and see Wisconsin – he guarded Johnny Davis for long stretches. When we played Illinois the second half, he played long stretches on Trent Frazier after he lit us up the first half. So they've asked so much of him on the defensive end. I think some of that is impacting his offensive ability. But I think generally speaking, if you could just you know find a way to get him into double digits every night, I think Michigan State's offense would look a lot better and the whole team would. But I don't know. You could pick basically every position is the problem. <laughs> right. Like I think no, the power forward spot has finally become maybe the most stable, right? Like Joey Hauser has put in some pretty good stretches. Both him and Malik Hall really had dog shit games against um, Rutgers. That was probably the worst yeah. collective performance they've had in the last like 10 games. So you're getting quite a bit of production out of that position. You feel pretty comfortable about that, but like backup center spot, pretty scary right now point guard spot don't know what you're getting usually you get one of the wings scoring double digits and the other one doesn't show up and that's kind of been the story this whole season so it'd be nice to see them just all put it together just one game have like four or five guys in double digits and i think you'd feel much better about it okay i'm gonna get us out the door here with with a good question something to uplift everyone Hey, what's been your favorite part of the season so far? Let's let's, let's talk about something happy. Yeah, right now. sure. Surely there's at least something, right? I mean, the Michigan game. Yeah, so I've I've yeah. been fortunate enough to make a couple trips this year. I went to Butler, and obviously that game they just spanked them. And you know, like I said, Butler's an awful team, but oh, terrible. One of the nicest venues I've ever been to. A huge shout out to Hinkle Fieldhouse. It's been a bucket list for me for a while. Uh, it's just a gem. It's it's just an old school. You know, the, the way that it's set up, it feels tight. You're on top of everything. There's not a bad seat in the house. It was electric. Um, and it, it stayed reasonably loud, even though Michigan State was up like 15 to 20 for almost that whole game. So that was awesome. I also made it to the Cole Center for a win. I'm For the record, I'm 4-0 and on the season with wins at Butler, oh. at, at Madison, uh, at, the, uh, at the LCA for Oakland, and home against Michigan that game. So – Maybe I just need to start showing up to every game. Memphis basketball needs to start having me fly on the plane and stuff. We'll be good to go. So look at you, four venues, four dubs. Look, wow, just insane. Yeah. just that, that DK charm, baby. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> what about Boy, you? I'll flip this round and I'll toss it out to you. What's been your favorite moment so far of the season? I got a really corny one, actually. It's just you know what? It's just having the Izone back. It's just having like fans back in the stands. And I haven't been to a game yet. I will be tonight, though. So, yeah, it's um just just seeing things somewhat back to normal. I know that it's different. You know, the whole you got to show your vaccination, the mask yeah. stuff, yada, yada. Hey, fans are in the stands. That's what it's all about. So, yeah, I, I, I'm. I, it might be a cop-out answer. It's so cheesy and corny, but it's truly what I believe. God, it's just great having just fans back in the stands, man. So I think that's that's a good one. I mean, I thought the Izzo was electric that Michigan game. I know they've caught some flack yeah. on Twitter for not being loud enough stuff. I thought it was sure. electric in there. Place was place was ready to come down for most of that game. So credit to the credit to the Izzo members out there for bringing the heat in a big game like that. So I'm Absolutely. with you, my friend. I don't I don't know. I think that if we just maybe take a little perspective from where we were at this point last season when we were all drinking bleach, 
I mean, I think yep. I did a couple shows with you, and it was just we were both just drinking bleach on the screen. So, oh, I was nice drinking gasoline. Talking about yeah. this team is a clear-cut tournament team and a team that you know should be able to advance to the second weekend. Um, it's just difficult, you know. We're just we're so used to having top three seeds, top four seeds, and to be able to just have a string of of luck where we just haven't quite been able to put it together and miss that 2020 season, you know, when you have a shot to maybe win it all. That one, that one's just going to always hurt, I think, for me long term. So I'm not here to talk about that. Not here to talk about that. No, but no. it really is. We're a spoiled though. Right? That's the whole moral of the story is we're spoiled. <laughs> right. It really is a paradox. It's still because like, like yesterday's show, like the, the first segment was all like. Or the second, it doesn't matter. I'm like, well, yeah, it's not last year. It's better than last year. Let's all be happy about that. And then it's like, well, what am I talking about? Like, I, I do a Michigan State podcast. Like, we're Michigan effing state. Like, we're, so I don't know. Like, the, it, it depends on what mindset I'm in on that given day or given hour, really. Because, hey, I, I go up and down with the best of them, DK. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. What a roller coaster. But, hey, that's life being a Michigan State basketball Well, you're going to so. be in the building tomorrow. Are you going to bring that good luck? I'm already feeling it for sure, We're going to bring some good luck. We're going to bring some Bailey's. Yep, that's right. Yeah, you oh, going to Harper's <laughs> for a little shot or drink or two before you go? I feel like that's going to have to be on tap. That or Dublin, maybe some Hopcat in the mix, really jazz it up, do mm. some Jolly Pumpkin if I feel like some fine dining. Uh, so, yeah, well – We'll see uh, where, where the night takes us. I have no idea. Hopefully to, to victory lane. All I know is that I'm going to be seeing if I can get some nice Bailey's Irish cream through the security gates of Breslin Center. So, All right, bud. Fingers crossed for you. The game within the game. Yeah, that's the game within the, <laughs> the game. game right within so. The game within the game. Game within the game, baby. That's right. Spartan Stadium security. They had a pretty uh, relaxed season. So uh, that, was, that was no sweat for all seven games that year. But uh, – mm. Breslin seems to be like Fort Knox these days. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We're going to press our luck, baby. So. I think you'll be good to go. Uh, yeah, we're going to try. We're going to try. Well, hey, DK, man, really do appreciate your time, man. You're the best. Just getting off the court from a rec game and just immediately, immediately chatting Spartan Hoops. It's just relentless, deep water individual right here, ladies and gentlemen. Dave Klein, SpartanHoops.com. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. Always a pleasure. Huge thanks to my guy, Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com. Always a joy to talk with him, uh, whether it be about just Michigan State basketball, old drinking stories, or just life in general. Dave's my guy. Awesome. Go give him a follow. Go give him a read. Subscribe to SpartanHoops.com. And also, have yourself an evening, Spartan fans. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Spartans and making us your first listen every single day. You already know, we will be back tomorrow recapping tonight's game. Really hoping it's a fun one, uh, because yeah, I don't seem to be better than the the losing recaps. I know what a what a hot take there from yours truly. Now, go make Locked On Bets your second listen. That's right, it's your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Free and available on all platforms. Let's go. Let's have a night. Go green, baby. Love you all. See you tomorrow.